If you're an agent, you're hearing this right now, if you haven't really mastered those conversations with your buyers or your sellers about commission, how that works, how it's negotiable, I know we've said 6% a lot here today, but it can be whatever you wanna charge. If you're a 4% broker, great. However you wanna articulate that, I think it's really good. If, you, if you're not a master of those conversations yet, it's time to get good. Absolutely. Talk to your brokers, find out what their guidance is, and then practice, practice, practice. If you're a consumer and you have stumbled upon this podcast just because you saw the title, the headline, and you're curious about it, just know that one, your commission is negotiable. It is. Not all agents are equal. And if you've had a bad experience in the past, I'm not putting this on you, I'm not victim shaming, but it's probably because you chose the wrong agent. Sharpen your skills. Hiring is a skill. Anyone who works in HR will tell you that. All right. Welcome back, everybody. This is the How to Real Estate Podcast. We are your hosts, Kyle Lindsay and myself, Jeremy Smith. And we are here today to talk to you guys and give you an update on what's going on with the Sitzer Burnett NAR lawsuit for buyer agent commission. A lot has happened yes. since October 31st. Yes, we have been a little MIA. We had a big convention we were at, and then both of us were sick. And we didn't, we weren't able to react as quickly as we would have liked to when this verdict came in. And man, what a crazy end to this case. Well, I won't say it's an end, a crazy first chapter, end of the first chapter of this case. The jury only deliberated for like two and a half hours. Dude, it was, it was quick. That was crazy fast. Yeah. Like yeah. those people, they, they knew when they went into that room, what they were going to do. Absolutely. I mean, that yeah. is unbelievable. They, they deliberate, deliberated enough to get free lunch. No, for, for sure. yeah. What's the minimum to get free pizza from the government? <laughs> They're like, okay, hold on, wait for the pizza, and then yeah. we'll just go back out yeah. there. Ooh, we're having a real hard time deciding on an empty stomach. <laughs> man, oh, man, crazy. So, multi-billion-dollar verdict. Right. This happened in, in Missouri. So what they're saying is that NAR and all of these other brokers that were part of this lawsuit violated antitrust laws by inflating and keeping commissions artificially high by requiring listing brokers to give a commission to the buyer agents. Mm -hmm which they're saying, hey, that inflated commissions because the sellers otherwise wouldn't need to be paying that. Right. Um, and that it's unfair because inside of the MLS, it was required by the, by NAR right. to put a, a percentage of commission mm -hmm. or a dollar amount. They had to put something. And what's crazy here is when you, I mean, we've been talking about this for a while. And if you haven't um, seen that yet, we're going to create a playlist. It'll be somewhere. I don't know what side of the screen I'm on, but it'll be up here. We'll link the playlist to... Um, all other, other, other stuff we've kind of gone back and explained this, but originally to become be very candid, I didn't think this case had a shot. I don't, I, I just didn't think it was going to be, be, it was going to go this way. I didn't either. Because what they're really saying is, is what you described is hundred percent accurate. But what they're also saying for antitrust laws is that all of these people had to get together and collude yeah. to keep these things high. Like exactly. there's some crazy, like like secret meeting with Gary Keller and the heads of NAR and all these other brokerages yep. got together and like, <laughs> we're going to keep commissions at 6% <laughs> and squeeze the sellers. And it, I mean, let's get real. That didn't happen. That's ridiculous. Why would we stop at 6% then? Right. Right. Let's if, just make it eight. It's been 6% for like 40 years. Why would we not go up yeah. if, if we're going to get all together and collude? Like, right. It, it makes no sense. And actually the, the commission structure that NAR has has been in place for like over a hundred years. Yeah. It's been over a hundred years that, that it's been like that. And all of these homeowners, like 88%, I think the number mm -hmm. was last year, used the MLS. Right. 
right? So it is the way to get your home sold, mm-hmm. right? And and I'm like you, man. I, I I did not see a jury of eight coming to a unanimous decision, right? That this was done, like n- that NAR and these brokerages colluded mm-hmm. and, and violated all these sellers' rights. You know, I didn't. I didn't see man. that coming. You know, I. So my, my initial reaction was shock. I couldn't believe it because when you really dig into what they're actually claiming and they're saying happened, I just, I feel like it's one of those things that when you really take a rational thought and think of, think about it, it, there's no way it actually happened that way. Then after my initial shock wore off and thinking like, okay, it actually, it actually happened. They approved it. I get that, you know, that we can get into some more things about NARS defense and all this here in a minute. But when that initial shock wore off, what I really took away from this is the way the public really feels about realtors and our commission oh, yeah. and you know all this to say like maybe it was time for a change maybe i mean all the agents listening to this right now who might have been equally shocked but haven't really thought about this people don't like how much money we make from 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 sales for sure and i think a lot of that's because of the lack of transparency 100 percent. they don't yeah. they think all they see is well is what would they do with an extra twelve thousand dollar commission check they don't right. see the splits and the taxes and the expenses they don't think about it like a business because most people have never run a business. They don't realize everything that goes into that commission check. And when I talk to my clients and I talk, well, well, if you waited three months to get paid, how much would that check would be? If all your paychecks stopped right now and then in three months when your current project was done, you got paid, how much would that be? Right. And they were like, oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. So I, anyway. And it's not even guaranteed. No. Because you can work for people for months. I'm, I personally have mm-hmm. done this work for months and months and months mm-hmm. and, and got nothing from it. Well, that's an, that's another great point is that normally the way our economy is set up is that he who takes the, or, you know, you know, maybe he, they who take the biggest risk have the biggest risk in a transaction normally get paid for that risk. Right. Higher investments normally come with higher risks. Right. And when they pay off, they pay off big. If you want a low risk investment, the payoff is typically lower. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's partly the fault of the industry that we're here because the the bar to entry has been so low and some people are mm. pissed off about real estate agents and they have a right to be in yeah. some cases because they made a bad decision. They hired a, a real estate agent that was self-serving and everything right. that they did, like they didn't care about them. They didn't communicate well. They, they weren't skilled. They may not have gotten the best that they could have. And they may feel that, right. you know, because they hired a crappy real estate agent. Right. And so now their, their perception of all real estate agents is that they're, they're all shitty and we're not all shitty. Some of us are very excellent at what we do and, mm-hmm. and we deserve what we get, you yes. know, as far as our pay. But, you know, I think that's a, that's a fault of the industry. And hopefully that becomes something that changes out of this, where we really police ourselves a, a lot better mm-hmm. and set the bar higher. There should be some higher minimum requirements for, for getting your license and keeping it. hundred percent agree. And I, I don't have great ideas right now on what that looks like, but man, I, I do think I a hundred percent agree. Like I, the testing we take to get into being, getting your license and that having almost nothing to do with, with actually being a realtor. Right. Um, and then, yeah, the requirements to stay a realtor, the CE requirements, while good, they're kind of a joke. I mean, they like, are. Like, how are we policing any of this right. for for good versus bad realtors? Or I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I really don't know if there's a great solution to that other than just consumers becoming more informed. And I think what, what happens with a lot of consumers is they say, I had a bad experience I could have done better, and they're probably right. 
if they chose a crappy realtor and then they, they think then all realtors are crappy. So I'm just gonna do it myself next time. Mm -hmm. They don't realize if they'd hired a good realtor the first time, their results would have been much better. And then on, you know, devil's advocate, even on that is sometimes a really good agent will make things look super easy. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. there's things that happen in the background that the client won't even be aware of, mm -hmm. right? Fires get put out before they're ever even an issue. Right. Right. And that's because that agent has experience. And that's another thing that you're paying for. Mm -hmm. You're paying for the agent's experience and their expertise. Yeah. Right. So it, it it's, it's not cheap and it's been this rate for forever. Mm -hmm. You know, 6% has been a common thing, but in all, in all reality, it's not always 6%. Right. Some, some folks are doing it at four. Some folks are doing it at five. Some are six, some are seven, mm -hmm. some are eight, some are flat fee. I mean, right. the industry provides so many options, Yeah, you know, which was a big surprise for me. And the fact that they won this lawsuit for now is that there are like, I don't know if that picture was painted for, mm -hmm. for these folks. Like there's so many options. You don't have to hire somebody at 6%. Right. I don't know what the Missouri contract looks like. Maybe if you're a Missouri agent, you listen to this somehow, hit us up in the comments because in Texas, when you sign a listing agreement, it is very clear about uh, in there about the, uh, the commission being right. paid and whether they read that or not. I mean, I know we go through it with our clients very explicitly and explain that to them. I know there's probably a lot of agents that don't, but there's still, it's right there in black and white that what commission is being paid to the listing agent, what's being shared with the buyer's agent. The fact that these all of these sellers can now join a class action lawsuit and say, hey, we know we signed this and it explained what the commission was going to be. Again, I, I could be wrong. I don't know what the Missouri contract looks like, but I'm assuming it's similar to Texas and somewhere in there it's outlining what the commission to be paid is. But we don't think that's fair. And so now we're going to sue you and, and you know, basically say that the contract I signed and read is no longer valid. I just want my money back. Right. And then this jury coming to an agreement with them on that unanimously just opened up the floodgates, dude, right. because now we've got copycat lawsuits. Mm -hmm. We've got them in uh, Missouri, South Carolina, New York, Illinois, and here in Texas. Yeah. And there's even one suit where the buyers are mm -hmm. filing suit. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that crazy? I don't even know what that's all about. <laughs> I guess I, I think what I heard on that one is that they just feel like they could have got a better price on the house if their agent wasn't getting a commission paid, paid by the seller. Right. My mind is blown on that. Yeah. Well, I mean, and this is, man, and this is a crazy topic to think about, but think about all the times that we deal with buyer agents who don't get buyer representation contracts signed. Right. Well, in Texas, again, the laws may change from state to state. I'm not fully versed in all the laws across the country. But in Texas, if you don't have a buyer representation agreement signed, technically you do work for the seller. Yeah. And if the buyers were not explained that and they feel like they could have gotten a better deal if they'd actually had an agent representing them, man, they might actually have a pretty good case. Yeah. I have no idea. What I'm really seeing in the industry right now is there's a whole bunch of greed. Oh, big time. And it's just, it's just everyone has money in their eyes. They think that all of us agents are rich and, or they don't care. They just want to grab whatever they can. And that's what I'm really, I mean, I'm not going to get too far into this, but man, this, this Michael Ketchmark that is running all these, these big cases, that dude just has dollar signs in his eyes. Oh yeah. Big time. I, I think it's really funny that he hasn't disclosed what he's going to make from the cases. Like he's representing sellers who are mad they paid 6%. And he's probably going to make somewhere in the range of 20 to 40% of billions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And like they're getting even a worse deal from him than they got from the agents. Like, well, you better be careful. I mean, I don't know if a, a there could 
be a lawyer that would sue lawyers. You're right. <laughs> I, I can only imagine. I'm sure it happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Man, because think yeah. about that. Like, okay, well, he's next then, right? You charge all these homeowners 20%. So be careful because now they're going to come back and sue you. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I know a lot of big class action suits. Again, he hasn't disclosed what he's making. It could be 3%, doubtful. It could be as high as 40%. As I've heard somewhere between 30 and 40% is actually pretty common in a lot of these big cases like wow. this. Wow. Of Insane. Billions. And it's just like in the second, I think it's hilarious. The second this this one went through positive, like I think it was within an hour, he had another case filed. Wow. Like ready to go, just filed it. I mean, dude was just rubbing his hands together the entire way, probably. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, it's hard to say where all this comes from, like internally with folks. I had an experience one time where I was putting up open house signs and a cop pulled up and he was like, Hey, you can't put those signs up. I'm like, Oh, well, I always put them up here. You know, we just started talking mm -hmm. come to be like in communicating with this cop, his ex-wife was a real estate agent mm -hmm. and he had so much disdain for real estate agents. I'm like, dude, what? <laughs> that's your ex-wife. Like hate her. Right. right, don't, right. Don't hate the whole industry, <laughs> but he did. Right. Yeah. He was like, he was the sign guy, you know, if mm -hmm. you saw real estate signs, he's going to take it out on the agents because he, he didn't like his ex-wife. It makes you wonder, like, with this lawyer, is like, there's a, is there a vendetta, you know? <laughs> who, who hurt you? <laughs> who hurt you, man? <laughs> who put funny. their hands on you? That's funny. <laughs> Too funny. So NAR is, they're appealing this, yes. this judgment. Yeah, 100%. Right? They're appealing it. Um, who knows where and how far and how long that's going to take. Mm -hmm. Right. So this is not something that's done. No. Right. They, they've appealed it and that process is taking place, but some things have already changed. Mm -hmm. So one thing we know that changed and, and they did this prior to the the verdict, but NAR is no longer requiring listing brokers to put broker commission in the MLS. Mm -hmm. right? They can now do zero. Right. So that's one of the things. What have you seen any? of that going on yet? You know, I haven't seen that yet. Um, I'm, I'm sure it will pop up here and there. And this is such a, this is going to be slow to change Yeah. because the first person to put 0% in the MLS, whether right or wrong, they're going to get blackballed, you know, and I'm not saying I'm going to do that, but I am going to say that as an industry, whenever that tends to happen, most people get fewer showings because things are slow to change. And I think that buyer's agents are going to see that and hopefully they don't steer their client away. Hopefully they've talked to their client and said, hey, if I'm not getting paid from the seller, you're going to have to cover my end of the commission. Hopefully they've had those talks and everything is nice and clear and they can be upfront about it. But I just see it. It's just and, you know, when you really think about it, though, taking a step back, we as buyer's agents, when we sign that representation agreement, we are acting as a fiduciary. And what that means is we have to keep our client's financial interests above our own. Right. So it is if that is the right house at the right price for your client and everything else makes sense, of course, you should show that house. However, if your client doesn't have the money to pay your commission and they need a seller to help chip in, chip in on that and the seller is unwilling either advertise commission split or they're just unwilling to even do any seller concessions. Or you, I mean, like, let's say you've seen the house and you ask it. You, maybe you even submit an offer. And the seller's unwilling to do any any sort of price concessions at all. Is that really in your client's best interest then, financially, to pay your commission? That's part of being a fiduciary that I think a lot of people are not acknowledging at the moment. Like, it might actually be in the best interest to go for your client to go to another house if they've agreed to pay your commission. 
I don't know there's a lot of people out there that are going to hate on that and be like, well, then you should just not get paid. Uh-uh. If it's the right, <laughs> if it's the right house for your clients, you should just not get paid. Well, depending on how that conversation was set up, if they've agreed to pay that up front and then they know that going in and then this, they find the house and it's maybe you can work something out with them later. I'm not saying there isn't some, some way to skin that cat, but to let someone off the hook. So you basically work for free. I mean, that's that agent's call. However, we got to eat. You got to put food on the table. The average, the average agent only makes like 45, 50 grand a year. Right. Like we are not on average rich people. (laughs) Right. I don't know many people that will go to work for somebody else for free. Right. That's just insane. Yeah. I mean, people saying this, how, how often would you accept that if your boss came to you and was like, Hey, I know you worked really hard on this for three months. However, I have found some cheaper way to do this. And now we don't really need you. Um, or, you know, Hey, I'd, I'd still like you to continue doing this, but we just don't have the money to pay you for it. Right. Like, can you still continue and do, do your job without getting paid for it? Yeah. And you're an a-hole if you don't. Right. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's going to look down. It's like, it's, it's really, it's, it's such a weird, I feel like this is the only industry or job where someone is actually even expect that of you. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's absolutely insane, dude. And so the, the plaintiff's lawyer in South Carolina, I, I didn't write down mm-hmm. his name, but he even knows this is BS. And he basically, he says that uh, that fix of the 0% commission mm-hmm. is just window dressing. He says that that it's going to result in buyer agents not showing the mm-hmm. seller's house. Yeah. Well, what do you think is going to happen? Right. Like, like you said, it's not because they don't want to, or it's not because it's that, you know, if they're having the right conversations with the buyer and the buyer's like, hey, I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I can go see that house or I can go see this house. This one will pay my agent's commission. This one I have right. to. They're going to make the decision on their own, mm-hmm. right? And then what? nothing we can do. We didn't steer them in a, you know, a way or two. Right. You know, we just said, hey, okay, cool. It, yeah. it is what it is. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's one change that's already been made. So there's another change that happened in New York. So Rebney, which is a real estate board of New York, they're saying starting in 2024 that the seller's agent cannot directly compensate the buyer's agent. This is a crazy one, isn't it? Yes. Instead, the seller must negotiate and pay directly to the buyer's agent or Mm -hmm. the broker Mm -hmm. representing the buyer's agent. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. This is so interesting because it really puts that dividing line in between the brokers. Like you literally from broker to broker cannot compensate the buyer's agent anymore. Crazy. Yeah. And it makes me wonder if that's the future. Could be. We're going to see how this works out in New York, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Do you, do you think that if that were the case, because I know what they're saying is that the sellers can still volunteer to pay a buyer's agent, but it's seller to buyer's agent directly, which it kind of was before, but not really. Like technically the way it worked is seller pays the listing agent, listing agent splits with them. But now yeah. we're just kind of, I'm taking the other route here anyway. What kind of interesting negotiations do you see? Could could you see like, say, for example, a buyer's agent makes a lowball offer and they say, cool, we'll accept it if you remove your commission. You could. That absolutely could. But I think conversely, we can also negotiate a higher commission. Mm-hmm. Instead of 3%, hey, 4 Yeah. You know, anything is possible. Depends on how good of a negotiator you are and what position that seller is in. Mm-hmm. You know, some, some sellers are not in a position where they need to sell a, a home quickly. Right. Others are. Right. So if you've got a home that's been on the market for 180 days and you bring a buyer, you don't, you think I'm not going to negotiate a higher commission for myself. Right. I'm going to leverage that. Mm-hmm. 
it's just because I can, yeah. right? It's not unethical. It's like, hey, okay, here, we're negotiating back and forth. Now you either agree to it or you don't, right? Right, And, and everything is transparent. What I do see that this does is, is that would take away any future lawsuits for that specific mm-hmm. issue. Right. Right. Say, hey, we're not doing it. You are paying them directly. Mm-hmm. Kind of like you're doing right now. Right. Paying us directly. <laughs> <laughs> it just changes who writes the check, but it's the same yeah. consequence. But could you imagine a, a scenario, and I can, where let's say because now I'm, as a listing agent, going to potentially be dealing directly with all the buyers and things like that myself, doing showings possibly because there's not going to be the buyer's agents or the buyer's agents are much less where, you know, let's fast forward two years and assume buyer agency is taking a hit. And now I'm charging four or 5% because I'm going to be doing a lot more work than I was before. Yeah. So now you're paying me 5%. And then like you said, the buyer's agent comes along who finally after 180 days brings the buyer. Now they want 4%. Like yeah. maybe the seller pays 9%. Maybe. I don't know. That's a weird, that's a crazy scenario. Hopefully for some person that doesn't happen, but at the same time, like, yeah. Like yeah. you make your agreements and you live with them. Yeah. I, I hope it doesn't either. You know, I think that's less than ideal. Right. You know, because we always want to see a win-win deal. Yes. Right. We want to see the homeowner win. We want to see the buyer win. And we want to be a part of that, you know, and, and for setting up that deal, that's that's how we get paid. Mm-hmm. Right. For for creating win-win deals and and seeing the deal through from start to finish. And, you know, what's going on out here is is really going to, at least from what it seems like right now, have a potential to have a negative impact. Mm-hmm. On on the desire to ke- create those win wins and sometimes even the ability, right? Because you if you've got somebody who's worried about feeding their family, you know, and now they have an opportunity to make a deal, they're they're probably not going to care if it's a win for you, right? Right? They're just going to want what's best for them, you know. Right or wrong, it is what it is. All right, last change that I could find. So get old California figures is New York and California <laughs> to make right? the first changes. Okay, anyway. <laughs> California has also updated their purchase contract. And in their purchase contract, it says, hey, the buyer has agreed to pay their broker X amount of commission. Um, And it outlines that in the purchase contract. And it also gives an option to indicate if the seller is going to be taking care of the buyer's contribution. Interesting. Yeah. So basically the seller checking a box saying, yes, I choose to pay that Hmm. person's commission. Okay. Kind of like they do now when right. they sign that listing agreement. Right. And right. Yeah. Yeah. We're just moving into the purchase contract. Yeah. 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 Same effect as, as New York. You yeah. know, just kind of, it's smart. I think it's smart because it, it takes away the ability for somebody to come back and say, hey, I did. I was yes. forced to do something I didn't want to do. Right. So we'll see how, how that one goes. But bottom line, man, is there's already changes, very insignificant overall. Mm-hmm. Right. There's potential to have some some big significant changes. And I think it's all really going to hinge on this one big case that's already been decided by a court in Missouri, but is going up for appeals. Mm-hmm. Once that appeal process is complete, my guess is that it's going to get shot down. Yeah. But if not, stand by. There's going to be some changes. Yeah. You know. There's some interesting things about NAR's defense here. There's a lot of sub, you know, people making guesses because to be very honest, I'm really disappointed in ours defense. When you really dig into what they actually said and did, man, it was it was a really it's not as nearly as good of or strong a defense as you would have thought in a case this big. And what I'm hearing is is that they knew that particular judge was not very friendly to corporations and normally would side with the consumers. And so they just they didn't show all their cards. 
gotcha. is what I'm hearing. I still think, you know, it, I, I would have loved to have seen a win here because I just can't imagine like this is a good, like, how do you plan to lose the first round and then try to come back? Like you're set, what, we want to set up a comeback story here. Like, <laughs> like you're NAR. This is one dude who does like accident law. Yeah. Like, come on guys. Like you yeah. should have won this first round, but however, I've, I've heard that they have a much stronger case going into the round of appeals because the judges they're going to get are much more business friendly. They don't want to set these big precedents like this. So we'll see what happens. I, I sincerely hope also they get shot down in appeals you know, I, I feel for all these these homeowners who feel like they might have gotten gypped. I know a lot of these guys are probably just trying to get some cash, but I'm sure there's also some in there that really feel pretty pretty slighted. For sure. There's got to be some. I, I've spoken to some. We do a lot of uh, marketing to expired mm-hmm. listings, and mm-hmm. I've spoken to people that are jaded. You know, right. they felt like they had a bad situation, but most most people don't feel like that. Right. You know, most people were – it's been disclosed to them. They're mm-hmm. cool with it. They know yeah. what the – six percent or five percent or four percent is going to cost them they don't care how it's split right i don't care what you do with that money like mm-hmm. whatever i just need to know how much i'm walking away with i think i find in most cases that's the demeanor that homeowners have so this thing goes to appeal it's going to take a while mm-hmm. to to get to where it needs to be in the meantime these are the changes that that we see we see copycat lawsuits popping up i think honestly with nar i think that they any publicity is good publicity, mm-hmm. right? Yes and no. <laughs> yeah, but their names out there, yeah. right? Their their names out there. Mm-hmm. Real estate's on all the headlines right now on mm-hmm. the news. We're getting a lot of action out there. Right. If this gets shut down, and I think it will, what's going to happen is now commissions are completely justified, right? Right, and so. When we go and we're taking listing appointments and we're negotiating commissions and and people think it's unfair or whatever, you know, one, we have a choice not to do business with them. They have a choice not to do business with us. But now we have legal precedents saying, hey, you guys know what? This thing went through the whole process. Like, it's completely fair. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't charge 7, 8%. It's only 6%. I think it may may help us if this thing gets appealed. Yeah. Or the appeal wins. If you're an agent, you're hearing this right now, I think it's a great time. If you haven't really mastered those conversations with your buyers or your sellers about commission, how that works, how it's negotiable. I know we've said 6% a lot here today, but it can be whatever you want to charge. If you're a 4% broker, great. However you want to articulate that, I think it's really good. If if you're not a master of those conversations yet, it's time to get good. Absolutely. Talk to your brokers, find out what their guidance is, and then practice, practice, practice. If you're a consumer and you have stumbled upon this podcast just because you saw the title, the headline, and you're curious about it, just know that one, your commission is negotiable. It is. Um, two, uh, you know, not all agents are equal. And if you've had a bad experience in the past, I'm not putting this on you. I'm not victim shaming, but it's probably because you chose the wrong agent. Right. So sharpen your skills. Hiring is a skill. Anyone who works in HR will tell you that. Right. That's why most companies have big HR departments because how to hire someone is a skill. So don't just take the first recommendation. Interview a couple agents. There's guides online. In fact, as I'm saying this, we'll probably put one together so we can actually advertise that, how to hire an agent. Ask good questions and make sure you're making the best decision for you, not just someone that you know and you want to help them out because that could possibly lead to a really bad situation and possibly a bad tank a relationship because they did a bad job. Certainly. It costs you tens of thousands of dollars. Right. And time. 
You know, yes. we, we've seen both of those things happen. So yeah, be be diligent. You know, do do your due diligence, do your research, mm -hmm. look look at reviews, do interviews. I mean, take that seriously. Yes. Take that as, as serious as, you know, NAR is taking their lawyers selection. Yeah, because you know, on one side you have people that are really bitter and angry that they paid a certain amount to an agent. And on the other side you have people that are really happy they did that. If you're not on the happy side who feels like, man, I I would have paid them more because they did such a good job for me, then yeah, hit us up. Like I'd I'd I'll be happy to have a conversation with you about how to hire an agent. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well that wraps up this episode. So if you haven't and you're still listening, make sure you subscribe to the yes. channel, hit the bell so you get notifications, give us a thumbs up, give us a like, share this podcast with your friends and family that are in real estate and look at the show notes. There's going to be links and, and notes in there that you will find helpful, um, things that we can do to help you in your real estate business altogether. We, we'd be glad to do that. So appreciate you guys. Kyle, any last words? Nope. All right, guys, <laughs> go work off that turkey. Peace. <laughs>